With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Carving It Up Live right here on Twitter, as well as the Grid YouTube channel and the Carving It Up YouTube channel. As always, I'm Bryson Carver, and there are some shows that you do throughout the course of the year that just makes you thankful to do the show. I, I mean that from the bottom of my heart. The, the stuff that is going on, obviously, we, we all know about the NBA playoffs, what's going on there. But I mean, some secondary NBA news. Ime Odoka just got hired by the Rockets. I think it's a great hire by them. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, the deal, thank you, merciful God, has finally you know been completed between the Jets and the Packers. We'll discuss that with Barry Grant Jr., who'll be stopping by in about 25 minutes. Looking forward to hearing his takes on not just the Aaron Rodgers trade, which I know he's been covering extensively on his show, but as well as the, uh, the 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 Lakers and the Grizzlies, he's obviously a huge Lakers fan. I know he's gonna he's gonna have some thoughts on the the Lakers show going up two one, as well as the Dylan Brooks situation. As do I. Also, we'll get to the Sixers, who while they swept the Nets, I had a lot of concerns about Philadelphia, and already one of them, unfortunately, is coming to fruition. I'll do, I'll get to that, as well as the Knicks. Listen, they may not come caught some people by surprise. It caught me by surprise. Okay, by taking a 3-1 lead over the Cleveland Cavaliers, this series looks to be officially over. Although, given my relationships with the city of Cleveland, I can't say I'm all that heartbroken over the outcome of the past four games. Get to that. Uh, shoot, what else we got? Oh, yeah, Clippers, Suns, Phoenix surviving games three and four. Westbrook looks pretty good. I don't know. And again, we'll obviously get to the Aaron Rodgers situation. Uh, real quick, though, before I get to my first segment, great NBA playoff game tonight. Okay, you got Bucks. Season on the line, you don't want to go down 3-1 to a team like Miami, which smells blood in the water. Playoff Jimmy is a real thing. Giannis is coming back from injury, which is huge. And then you got Lakers-Grizzlies tonight. And again, I'll, I'll talk about Lakers-Grizzlies in my second segment. But you know where I got to start first. I got to start with the champs. All of a sudden, in the span of <laughs> just 96 hours, we have a brand new series because the golden state warriors i'm sure you heard beat the sacramento kings in game four by the skin of their teeth 126 to 125 to tie the series at two games apiece as the series now shifts to sacramento for game five and we all know about game fives right the winner of game five in a in a, in a tied series goes on to win like over 80 percent of the time so it almost has like a game seven type feel to it and i'll get into more what i'm, I'm you know thinking for that moving forward but let's start with with the Warriors, um, or just the game in total. That was to me, we're about a, just a little over a week into the NBA playoffs. To me, that was bar none the most entertaining game to this point. We've had some good ones, we have, but the shot making, the I mean, you could say it was bad defense, and that's true to a certain degree. 
But the shots that Steph was hitting and Darren Fox was hitting, Keegan Murray had a big time game. He's non existent the first three games. And the guy who's going to finish, you know, first team all rookie was outstanding. Uh, Clay Thompson was, was incredible, had the best plus minus of anybody on the floor. I mean, again, uh, Malik Monk had, a, you know, struggled a little bit, but the shot making on both sides was remarkable. Remar- These are the two best offenses in the NBA, not just by our, what our eyes are telling us, but what the regular season numbers were telling us. The Kings had statistically, while I don't believe them to be this in the scheme of NBA history, but statistically, the Kings were the best offense in NBA history, and this year they averaged about 120 points a game. The Warriors, no surprise, came in second, averaging 118 points a game. So these are the two best offenses in the NBA. These are some of the best shooters in the NBA. There's some of the best guards in the NBA. And it's some of the best coaches in the NBA. We all know what Steve Kerr, who he is, and what he represents as a head coach in the NBA. He has yet to lose a Western Conference playoff series. And Mike Brown, a disciple of Steve Kerr, just one coach of the year last week, unanimously and rightfully so. So where to start on what was a... A just a heart-pounding type of playoff atmosphere at the Chase Center. First of all, let's give props where it's due to the Splash Brothers. And I'll talk about the Steph Curry blunder in the last 40 seconds. Uh, Steph had a rough last minute of the game, which was, you know, very, you know, uncommon for him to do so. But he was not good in the last minute of the game outside of that last stop on De'Aaron Fox. But Steph Curry, 11 for 22 from the field, 5 for 11 from 3. 32 points, five rebounds, four assists, was outstanding. Some of those shots he was hitting were ridiculous. The one he had in the first quarter where he broke, I forgot who was guarding him. I think it was Malik Monk. I'm pretty sure it was Malik Monk or Trey Lyles or somebody who was guarding him, and he just looks like a totally out-of-control shot, falling backwards and swishes. It's We all know he's the greatest shooter ever, but some of those shots just never cease to amaze me. Clay Thompson was outstanding as well. Okay, we can't we can't we can't overshadow what he did. Okay, he had twenty six nine for fifteen for the field, four for nine from three point range, and again the best plus minus of anybody on the floor uh, yesterday. And again, he had some big ones. He had a huge shot in the fourth quarter. Obviously, he had the uh, the third quarter buzzer beater. Hit that huge three in the corner uh, off the pass from Jordan Poole off some amazing Warriors ball movement. Uh, but here's how I really want to give some shine to is the guy who the NBA did their absolute very best to take out of the series. They're not going to do that. That would be one, Draymond Green. I tweeted almost immediately after the buzzer sounded, Draymond Green won this game for the Golden State Warriors. Now you could say, Bryson, he went 3 for 14 from the field. That's totally fair. That is a more than justifiable criticism. Although I would say in my defense, it's not like Draymond has paid whatever he's paid, $30 million or so to score 20 points. I'd prefer Draymond keep the shot attempt number down. But nevertheless, what do you have? The classic Draymond Green stat line. 12 points, 10 rebounds, 7 assists, a steal, and the block of the playoffs on DeMontis Sabonis with a minute and a half to go. Not to mention the defense he's been playing. De'Aaron Fox had 21 points in that first half. Right? I mean, the Golden State couldn't stop Fox. He was unbelievable. Some of the floaters he was hitting. And listen, Fox this year was a 32% three-point shooter. I haven't, che- uh, I haven't checked what the numbers have been thus far in the series where he's shooting from three. It has to be better than 32%. It seems like the guy never misses a three-point shot he attempts. So you've got that aspect of it. What does Steve Kerr do? Because no coach in the NBA, not even close, makes better halftime adjustments than Steve Kerr. That's why the Warriors have been so great in the third quarter during this dynastic run. 
Steve Kirk puts Draymond Green on De'Aaron Fox. And up until the last five minutes of the game, Fox didn't really get anything he wanted. And when Draymond wasn't guarding Fox, and it was either Gary Payton or Andrew Wiggins or Clay Thompson, Draymond took Demonis Sabonis, who has been an absolute no-show in this series. And it's because of the defense that Draymond's playing on. Again, Demonis Sabonis, you know, following the game, following the, the suspension of Draymond, following the game that Draymond was suspended, game three, this is an opportunity now for Sabonis to kind of make a statement, right? Draymond comes back off the suspension, you know, you can feel however you want about the stop. I, I thought it was worthy of an ejection, but definitely not worthy of a suspension. But nevertheless, Draymond against uh, Sabonis. Sabonis was 7 for 13 for the field, 14 points. This is a guy who was an all-star this year and averaged almost 20 points a game. So he's being held under his average, largely ineffective. And again, Draymond had the block of the playoffs on Sabonis with a minute and a half to go to keep the Warriors lead at three. Now, as for the last minute, <laughs> as for the last minute, I, I don't know if I'd have been able to do the show today if, if Sacramento had been able to cash in on all these opportunities. So we talk about the, the timeout called by Steph, and I'll get to that because that's the most talked about thing today, and rightfully so. But Steph had an opportunity. Make sure I'm getting this right, okay? All right. Under 57 seconds left in the game, Golden State has a five-point lead. Draymond, doing what Draymond does, because he's incredible. We talk about how great he is in the defensive end, and he's the best defensive, defensive player of this generation. Let's talk about what he does in the offensive end, getting Steph and Clay set up for good looks. He did exactly that with Steph Curry. Got him set his nice little dribble handoff. Steph with a nice little fake to get Harrison Barnes out of the way, and he's wide open. It's his, Some of the shots he was hitting yesterday, this should have been a, a layup for him. I mean, even Mark Jones, who I, lo I love Mark Jones calling games on ESPN, even Mark Jones said, and I quote, here's the dagger, folks, as Steph is going up into a shot, and he missed it. It was a perfect look. Draymond, you know, again, great dribble handoff. Steph with a great fake to get rid of Harrison Barnes, and he just missed it. Well, Sacramento then goes down. Yeah, Malik Monk took a really quick shot in the other end. It was not a smart smart shot on his, on his part. And I'm thinking, okay, this, this thing's over. All right, Steph's got the ball, 40 seconds, 40-odd seconds left the game. And then he commits the blunder of blunders by pulling a Chris Webber and calling timeout when he got trapped on the sideline. Of course, the Warriors did not have any timeouts, which is an automatic technical foul. Uh, in basketball, Steve Kerr, you saw his reaction to the sideline. And look, Steve Kerr, being the great coach he is, he took the blame after the game. He said, I should have told the players about that. Listen, I respect the heck out of Kerr for doing that. That's on Steph. If Steph were in his second or third year in the league, like, for example, if, like, if Davion Mitchell, who's playing very well, by the way, if Davion Mitchell committed that play in this in the playoffs, we're like, he's a kid. He's in his second year in the league. Like, I, we're not going to be brutal on him. We'd probably be more critical of Mike Brown. Like, coach, you got to tell your player that you don't have any timeouts. In the case of Steph Curry, this is his 14th year in the NBA. We all know how accomplished Steph has been in his 14 years as a professional basketball player. He's got to be aware in that situation. He's been in too many big playoff games to not know. You got no timeouts. You can't put yourself in that situation right there. And then Sacramento cashes in, right? Uh, Malik Monk hits the free throw after, you know, Harrison Barnes missed a three, ball goes out of bounds. And then De'Aaron Fox, we'll get to Fox and his injury in just a second. He hits a tough three over Draymond Green with, uh, you know, with about 30 seconds or 27 seconds left in the game. 
Then here comes Steph Curry in the other end. Again, another good look. A little floater, a little past the free throw line, top of the key. And he left it short. He, he flat out missed it. No other way around it. And at that point, I'm thinking, we're, we're really going to blow this. Like, this is about to be 3-1 Sacramento going back to, going back to you know, the Golden 1 Center. And this, I, listen, I, I love my Warriors. I believe in my Warriors. Matter of fact, I saw them come back from 3-1 against Katie and Russ back in 2016. But given how bad this team's been on the road, ah, 3-1 feels like a little bit too, too big of a hill to climb. But Steph, as all great players do, he made up for his mistake. Last play, I wish we had the video of it, but last play of the game, 10 seconds left. They give the ball to De'Aaron Fox, as you obviously would. He was the clutch player uh, uh, of the year in the NBA this season. He's going to try and drive to the basket, and Steph stops him. Draymond comes to double, and they leave Harrison Barnes open. And which, by the way, that was what the Warriors wanted to do. Anybody but Fox shooting the basketball. And Harrison Barnes, former Warrior, won a championship in 2015 with the Warriors. He just missed it. And I swear, the way the ball looked in the air, just go rewatch it. It looks for a half second like it's going in. And the basketball god smiled upon us yesterday because he he shot it long. And the Warriors survive and live to play another day. You know, there's an old saying about, if you go at the king, you best not miss. If you're going to take a swing at the champs, the four-time champs over the last eight years, you best not miss. And Sacramento had a golden opportunity, had a couple of golden opportunities. But that's what separates the Kings and the Warriors. The talent gap, it's, it, I mean, it's that. It, it, listen, I underestimated the Kings. I'm just going to come out here and be honest with you. I was wrong on Sacramento. I, I knew Fox was good. I, I, listen, Fox has been tremendous all season long. And Sabonis has been a no-show in the series. But outside of that, the role players... Davion Mitchell is, listen, Dylan Brooks and Patrick Beverly, take, take a couple pages out of this guy's book. Listen, Steph's still getting his, but Davion Mitchell's playing his, his, his heart out against Steph Curry. Trey Lyles is making shots. Again, Keegan Murray had a big game shooting the basketball yesterday. Sacramento's bench has been good. I mean, that you give all the credit in the world to the Kings and to Mike Brown. I underestimated them. No question about it. However... That's what separates the Kings from the Warriors. It's just the simple fact that the Warriors have done this time and time again, and this is the Kings' first rodeo. And at the end of the day, as bad as the Warriors executed, primarily Steph, and it's rare that we say that, but it was Steph who really screwed up three times, if you think about it, in the last minute with the missed three, the inexplicable timeout when he had no timeouts, and then the missed floater, which was a good look, by the way, what did Steph do? He made up for it, stopped Fox at the defensive end with some help from Draymond, and the Warriors survive. And like I said, this is a brand new series. To De'Aaron Fox, uh, who was, you know, they, they say about young players all the time, oh, he's got next, he's got next, or he's he's coming, just watch out for this. I, I don't need to, I don't need to, I don't, I don't need to watch out for De'Aaron Fox. He's not coming. He, he's not. He's not coming. He's arrived. He's he, he is a top 10 player in the NBA. He's top 10. I had Lillard as my 10th best player, and I love Dame. Love Dame. One of my five favorite players in the league. But what De'Aaron Fox has done this year and what he's doing, translating it to the playoffs the way that he has, can't say enough about it. And unfortunately today, he was dealt a tough blow. 
according to Shams. Make sure I'm getting this, this tweet right, getting the, getting the information 100% correct. According to Shams Sharania, uh, De'Aaron Fox is potentially going to be out for uh, for Game 5. I want to make sure I'm getting the information on this uh, 100% correct. Here we go. All right. According to Shams, Sacramento Kings star De'Aaron Fox has suffered a fractured index finger in his left shooting hand. He is expected to be listed doubtful to play in Game 5 against the Warriors. Uh, and this, uh, and then Woj later reported that Fox would need to play with a protective covering on the finger. Again, he'll be listed as doubtful. So take my rooting interest out of this. I love seeing great basketball, and that's exactly what De'Aaron Fox has brought. The back and forth between Fox and Steph has been beautiful to watch. If you if you don't love watching those two guys go at it, I, I can't help you. The, the clutch shots that both Steph and Fox have been hitting all series long, it's incredible. And it flat out sucks for him because this was kind of his opportunity to, I mean, you you want to introduce yourself to the world. People knew, basketball fans knew who De'Aaron Fox was. We remember obviously him at Kentucky and the great tournament run he had there. And we're like, okay, the kid's so talented. You know, he's he's fast, he's twitchy, he's a he's a not a great three point shooter, but gets the basket. He's got a great like stop pull up shot, like in the in the mid range paint area. You want to really introduce yourself to the world? You be the best player in a series where you knock out the defending champions, not just any defending champions. Knock out a dynasty. That is how you introduce yourself to the world, and that's what De'Aaron Fox looked to a certain degree to be doing. And now it looks, if he does play in Game 5, which my gut tells me he will, I don't know which something in me tells me he's going to play, it's, again, he's going to have a protective covering on his left shooting hand. He's not going to be as effective. He's not. And I would be shocked if he maybe doesn't finish the first half. So, for Golden State, you have to win Game 5. I, I didn't have that mentality coming in because my thing is, okay, my thing is Sacramento has to win Game 5 because if the Kings uh, you know, win Game 5, you're going to lose Game 6 because so the Warriors are winning Game 6. Just pencil that in. Golden State's not losing Game 6 at home. Either that's going to be to close out the series or to force a Game 7. My thing was the Kings have to win Game 5 to ensure that they got, worst case, they got a home court advantage for Game 7. We all know anything can happen in a Game 7. Now, for Golden State, a team that was 11-30 and 30 on the road this season, which, as a Warriors fan, still doesn't make sense, you have to win this game. You will not get a better opportunity to steal a game in Sacramento than you will on Wednesday, either with no De'Aaron Fox or, what, 60%? Are we going to give him 60% of De'Aaron Fox? You've got to take advantage. But a win is a win in the playoffs. Whether you win by one or you win by 100, it still goes down in the books as one W. And my Golden State Warriors... Are right back in business. As I told you, they would be. Let's see. Oh, 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 I see John. John's in the comments. He's got the the good old-fashioned J-E-T. Whoop, there's a T. S. Uh, Jets, Jets, Jets. We will get to that, John. John, don't, don't worry about it. Uh, about Aaron Rodgers. Grady says, at what point do you feel like the Warriors will trade the farm for Dylan Brooks? Y'all need a dog like him. Well, it's funny you bring up uh, Dylan Brooks, Grady. That's a beautiful segue in the next segment. Beautiful. Again, Barry Grant Jr. will be joining us in about five minutes. Uh, and Barry happy, happens to be a Lakers fan, so this is fitting. And I appreciate you, uh, Grady, bringing us right into this segment. So the Lakers uh, dog-walked the Grizzlies on Saturday night. Final score wouldn't indicate that. 
10-point victory, 111-101. Game got kind of interesting in the fourth quarter. John Morant had a, you know, played well in, in that fourth. But the score after one, folks, was Lakers 35, Grizzlies 9. I'm not joking. That was that was that was the score after after one quarter, and it was that was all she wrote. Ultimately, what this comes down to is a the Lakers are the better team. They're the more experienced team. I'm starting to wonder if they're not the better coach team. I, I've been critical of Darvin Ham, but I am not liking what I'm seeing from Taylor Jenkins right now. But let's focus on uh, let's focus on uh, Mr. Brooks for for Memphis. So. Dylan Brooks, we know, we all know, and I talked about this on Friday's show coming into this game on, on Saturday, was talking about how, oh, LeBron's old. I don't respect you unless you put 40 on me. And the whole narrative was, oh, man, LeBron's about to go off on him. I said, no, he's not. I said, I think he'll, you know, if, if the game calls for it, he'll play big in the fourth quarter. But why would he dignify Dylan Brooks' uh, unjustifiable trash talk with a response? Why, why would he do that? He's LeBron James. He's, I mean, I think he's the greatest player ever. A lot of people think too. Worst case, second greatest player of all time. All-time leading scorer in NBA history. Why does LeBron James have to dignify Dylan Brooks' comments with a response? He doesn't. That's why this kind of LeBron sort of alluded to that after the game in his post-game presser. But funny thing uh, happened in that basketball game is that uh, Dylan Brooks not only was terrible as he... Tends to be 3 for 13 for the field, 1 for 5 from 3, 7 points, and got tossed early in the second half for hitting LeBron in the junk. It was a justifiable ejection because Harden got thrown out for the exact same thing. But Dylan Brooks, who had a lot to say after the Grizzlies game 2 win over the Lakers, suddenly was was quiet as a mouse in the postgame following game 3. He told Dave McMiniman, quote, I don't want to talk. Well, thankfully yesterday... At practice, he did talk. And let's let's give a listen. After all the smack talk that Dylan Brooks has done, take a listen to what, what he had to say about how people perceive him. The media making me a villain. The fans making me a villain. And then that just creates a whole different persona on me. So now you think I intended to hit LeBron James in the n- I'm playing basketball, a basketball player. So if I intended and that's... Whatever the whatever is in the fragrant two um, uh, category of having a fragrant two, and you think I did that, that means you think I'm that type of person. Yeah, we do think you're that type of person, Dylan. We, we, we do, we do. We, we we've been thinking that for a while. First of all, Dylan Brooks did not get the benefit of the doubt because people say, "Well, he was going for the ball." Listen, anybody who's played basketball knows when you're trying to poke the ball out of the hands of somebody, you use the front of your hand, like where the thumb area is. You don't ball up your fist. This is why it had no issue with James Harden being thrown out in game three against the Nets. You don't ball up your fist and use the back of your hand to steal the basketball. You just don't. Nobody does that. And we don't give Dylan Brooks the benefit of the doubt. You know why? Because he broke Gary Payton's arm last postseason. Intentionally. He happened to hit Donovan Mitchell in the groin area just two months ago. So he has a history of this. Not to mention... (laughs) <laughs> and I've been saying this for the longest time, and it's it, it, it brings warmth to my soul that finally I think the national media and all the fans, who Dylan Brooks is referring to, is finally getting to see what I've been saying for the longest time in the show. It's why I refer to him uh, as, as a bum, because he's a bum. Let's look at Dylan Brooks' numbers through the playoffs, shall we? Dylan Brooks is averaging 11 points 
on 32% shooting from the field, 25% from three. He is averaging two rebounds, 1.5 assists, and 0.3 steals. Not to mention his uh, defensive win shares is the worst in the NBA playoffs thus far. Doris Burke hit the nail on the head. The great Doris Burke for ESPN hit the nail on the head Saturday. I'll sort of rephrase what she said in my own words. What does Dylan Brooks bring to the table that helps the Memphis Grizzlies? What does he do? Can't shoot, can't dribble, can't pass, can't rebound, can't defend. What does he do? If you're talking about set the edge, obviously it's not working. Because the Lakers, I'm, yeah, the, the, the Lakers have smoked the Grizzlies in two of the three games. Evidently, it's not working all that well. And by the way, in, when the Lakers brought their D-minus game to game two, the game was in doubt with three minutes left. Again, Dylan Brooks came out talking all the smack and misses eight of his first nine shots. Of course he did. He shoots too much. Again, he cannot handle the basketball. He can't guard me. So he dang sure can't guard arguably the greatest player of all time nor any elite player in this league. He's a bad basketball player. When are people going to figure that out? He's not good. Never has been good. And if you're going to talk the smack that he's been talking, and you can't back it up, either stand on it, or back off. Or take it like a man, right? It's the, it's, you're in the throes of competition. You're going back and forth in the postseason. Just take it. Either that or stand on it. You can either, after the game, Lakers out, you could say, you know what? Lakers outplayed us tonight. I'm confident in this group that we'll respond in game four. We'll give everything we have and we'll try and tie this thing up going to game five in Memphis. You can either say that or talk to the media. Actually, you know, show up and defend what you were saying after game two, talking all big and bad. You can, after game three, talk to the media and stand on it. Yeah, you know what? LeBron is still old. Yeah, he's he is just another guy. He still hasn't scored 40 on me. You heard what I said last week when I said I don't respect anybody unless they put 40 on me. Either double down or take it. But you don't back off. Because that makes you a phony. And it makes you, what I've been calling you, a bum. You're not good at basketball. You are bad for the Memphis Grizzlies. I mean, listen, Memphis is a team that we all feel like I may not like the Grizzlies, they're a couple pieces away from being a serious contender. Deep roster. I think Jenkins is a decent coach. I don't think John Morant can be the best player in a championship team. But they've got pieces. They've got the defensive player of the year, Jaron Jackson. They can't contend if, if Dylan Brooks is on their roster. They can't. Unless he plays zero minutes. Unless he gets benched. They cannot win a championship unless they move on from him. He's a bad basketball player. Let's show the numbers one more time before I get to the comments. In the playoffs, he's averaging 11 points a game, barely 30% shooting, 25% from three-point range, two rebounds, 1.5 assists, and .3 steals. What does he do well? He can't shoot, pass, dribble, or defend. He's bad at basketball. Enough said. I mean, he's terrible. Got a few comments here. Uh... <laughs> yeah, Grady said, I'm trolling. Man can't play. And uh, what's up, Philip? He says, I love Dylan Brooks. He's one of the best players for the Lakers. Oh, he's, he's helping the Lakers. Yeah, no, no mistake about that. I, th I thought the game really turned, honestly, seriously. 
when, when they when they threw Dylan Brooks out early in the second half, uh, you know, it was John kind of kind of got got things going, and certainly in the fourth quarter. Grady, on a serious note, Memphis might need to fire the coach and get him a worthy co-star. Talking about John Morant. I'd trade Jaron uh, Jackson and some of these dudes for a Dame Lillard. He's a leader and can be the mentor that John needs. Well, you do sort of hit on a point, Grady, that I think is well taken that Memphis needs veterans. Steven Adams can't be the only veteran in the room to really, uh, you know, kind of get the young dude straightened out. Like, if you look at any dynasty in NBA history, whether it be Golden State, Chicago, the, the Shaq and Kobe Lakers, they were always veterans on that team. There are always guys who'd either been there and done that or had been around the league a long time, wanted to get a championship ring before they retired and kind of mentored the young guys and helped them grow into what they ended up becoming. Memphis has none of that outside of Steven Adams, and he's not on the court right now because he's hurt. John Rivera, I'm sending you a Dylan Brooks jersey, LOL. Don't, don't do that, John John, because uh, that sucker's getting burned. All right. With all of that said, joining the show now is the co-host of the Grid Network. He is the host of the All Even Podcast. He happens to be a big-time Lakers fan, which feels like a good time to, to bring him on because of that. Would you please welcome back to Carving It Up Live? <laughs> Barry Grant Jr., live on Carving It Up. What's up, Barry? What's up, man? I'm doing good. I was just wanting to know how you, uh, how you felt about your Lakers uh, thus far. Uh, what do you mean? Uh, okay, well, let me phrase that as more of a professional question. What's your confidence level in the Lakers moving forward? Obviously, they took a 2-1 lead in Game 3, one convincingly for the second time in the series. Game 4 tonight, if you win this one, the series is pretty much a wrap. What's kind of your thoughts right now? Uh, you want to get, you want my confidence level. Sure. Uh, 85%. Okay. Because the thing is, I, I obviously I can go to a hundred, but I know this team. I've watched them play the entire season. I understand the ebbs and flows of how Darvin Ham coaches his teams. I'd like to see if Malik Beasley is going to sit on that bench and if they give um, what's my young boy name the chance um, from the Lonnie Spurs, Walker, Lonnie Walker. Right. I think Lonnie Walker should be getting those minutes rather than Malik, Malik Beasley. But that's just me. I'm not the coach. Um, so. 85%. The game, uh, to, well, I think it's tomorrow they play. No, they play um, tonight. Oh, they play tonight. Excuse me. So, yeah. So, if they play tonight, I just, I don't know, man. I, I am I am iffy about them coming out with the same energy. It's at Staples. So, maybe that crowd is going to allow them to be able to have that type of consistency in regards to being um, on point. So, you know, I'm, I'm hoping. I'm hoping, bro. I'm I'm hoping that they're able to um to come out with some firepower. Uh oh, we're losing we're losing Barry. Okay, we just lost Barry. Hang on. See, wait for him to get back in. Okay, wait. I I heard you for a second, but I just okay. We we've totally lost Barry. He's that's the second time we've had a guest on, and and the connection's gone. Okay, hold on. Let's get him back on. Let's get him back on. Uh, all right. You good? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. All right. Okay, but you were talking about, you know, the, the home arena kind of getting the Lakers into it. Um, yeah, because, like, you know, we haven't had we haven't had any home games since, what, uh, 2020, you know, before that, before 2013 was the last home games that we had yep. in the playoffs. So, you know, they, they're supposed to be able to get loud just like how they were in game three, um, get them going because the Lakers tend to be lazy. 
especially when they think that they have the advantage, right? We had the advantage in the series with a better team. We have the better roster. Um, you said it yourself that, you know, you think that we're, we might be better coached at this point. I'm not sure about that. It might be a push. Um, but at the end of the day, if they come out with the same intensity, intensity or even half of that, like 75% of what they brought in game three, I think they win this game easily. Um, I think, you know, from that first quarter, they, 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 they sent a message and they kind of took their foot off the gas for the rest of the game. Uh, they did just enough to be able to hold the Grizzlies off. John Moran had a great fourth quarter. You, you, I don't think you're going to see that type of performance again with him hitting six out of ten threes. He had 30% of his threes this year. So he's not a great three-point shooter. If he's knocking down his threes, then you're in for a long night because you can't really stop him going to the rim. But um, I think the Lakers, 85% chance, I think they they, they have a good chance of uh, taking a commanding lead on this series and, and heading to the next round. I feel what you're saying. I would say there's three things that would or that should give you a reason to be optimistic as a Lakers fan. Number one, it's it's one of the most well-known uh, rules about the NBA playoffs. It's that role players always step up more at home than they do on the road. That's very true. Shaq, Shaq calls them the others and and you know Austin Reeves and Hachimura, who's had a great series. Um number Where's two, Beasley then? That's true. That that's fair. <laughs> he's he's kinda, he's due tonight, right? He's, he's I hope so. I hope so. You better hope so. The second thing is John Morant's going to play tonight, which bodes well for the Lakers because, as I've said for a while, the Grizzlies are a significantly better basketball team without John Morant. And third, and most importantly, and sort of shifting in the next question, Dylan Brooks is playing tonight, which I think is great <laughs> for you. Uh, what's kind of your thoughts on uh, on Mr. Brooks and the the? Well, just I'll, I'll let you. I'll, I'll give you the stage, Barry. I mean, I really don't have any thoughts about Dylan Bruce. Dylan Bruce kind of reminds me of players when I used to play basketball. There's certain guys that just talk because that's all they can be able to do. Excuse me. If they don't, if they can't get inside your head to kind of throw you off your game, then they don't really have much value. He has idiot brain. For him to say that the media has vilified him as a villain, you walk around like a wrestling character. He's literally a wrestling character. He's Stone Cold Steel Austin. I, no, 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 no. Don't even disrespect him like that. Okay, don't, I'm just, don't, I'm just don't ever disrespect Stone Cold like that. But he is he is a character, right? He's made this character up. This is why he gets paid in the NBA. He's developed this thing. He's developed this image of himself. And cool, it's getting him paid for the Grizzlies. It may get him paid somewhere else if somebody feels that he can be able to, to, to help them. But I have no, I, I really have nothing to say about Dylan Brooks. He's not, he's not important enough for me to say anything. He's not when Ruben Patterson said that he's the Kobe stopper against Kobe. I was like, okay, Ruben Patterson's a good player, right? So, you know, you can score a little bit, but it's Ruben Patterson. You, you really didn't, it, it really didn't hold that much weight. It's not I like, didn't take him seriously. Yeah, it's not like Bruce Bowen was out there talking crap. Bruce Bowen was legit, right? Sure. Dirty player, you know, did what he could to be able to get the advantage. He was somebody that you, 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 you had to worry about. But Dylan Brooks, have you seen the way he shoots the basketball? I'm not even talking about if, if it even goes in. The way he's he got a terrible motion. Basketball, it's not good. So, you know, it's just like what Braun said. Braun's just like, listen, you know, Braun doesn't really pay attention to stuff like that. But Dylan Brooks, really? Like, you really think I'm going to waste time and have Dylan Brooks as a topic of conversation? No, no, no. He's a bad player. Uh, just, I mean, he's I've just. Been... He, uh, listen, he's in the NBA. I'm not going to go that far, but he has idiot brain. And there's a lot of people that have idiot brain. And, you know, he he, he has a case of it. Uh, he's got, I think he's more, got more than that because he's 
Okay, we'll move on from. We're spending way too much time on Dylan Brooks. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> shifting. <laughs> way too much. Way too much time on like the eighth best player on the team. Moving yeah. to the uh, the champs. Uh, to me, again, Warriors and Kings aside, to me that was the game of the playoffs at this point thus far yesterday uh, in San Francisco. You talk about again elite shot making on both sides. Fox was unbelievable. Steph had a big time game. So did Clay. Um, I said to start the show, the momentum is completely flipped. Not just, forget the fact that De'Aaron Fox is injured, which is a killer for the Sacramento Kings. Um, I feel like when you consider the fact you know, the Kings had numerous opportunities when that game yesterday, and they just couldn't cash in. Uh, Golden State gave them plenty of opportunities, and that to me is what separates the two. Because in, in terms of talent, I don't think there's that big of a gap. What what sort of your thoughts on Warriors Kings thus far? Uh, I mean, it's it's basically what I thought from before the, the series even started. It's going to be the best series um, in the playoffs. I, the other series that I really was excited about seeing was um, was Knicks-Cavs, and that hasn't disappointed either um, in regards to just the, excite- the excitement. Obviously, it's a 3-1 series, but the excitement of that series has really, really been captivating. Um, but this series, I, I knew it was going to be a tough series. You know, anybody that, you know, you yourself, I told you, you know, we had talks, you know, outside of this, don't sleep on them Kings. Like, they will get you. And I don't necessarily agree that the that the momentum has shifted, Bryson, because, you know, Kings won their home games. Warriors won their home games. Somebody has to win a road playoff game in the series to win, right? Or not. Or if the Kings win all four yeah, of their Kings games, have to. then they advance. So, you know, it's 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 just going to be a knockdown drag out series. It's the best of three now. We're gonna see what happens. It can the Kings win a game without De'Aaron Fox? Yes, they can. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just gonna circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Can they win two games without De'Aaron Fox? I'm not sure. So we're going to have to see if somebody can be able to step up, if, if DeMontis Sabonis can be able to have an otherworldly game. And, you know, Draymond's done a great job on him. But the Kings can definitely win a game away from, uh, um, you know, they, they can steal one. They can steal one without De'Aaron Foss. I truly believe that. So we'll see. But if the, you know, the, the Golden State Warriors, they have the advantage. They have the experience. They've been here before. They need to come out swinging. Um, they're on the road. Obviously, that's been a struggle for them all season. So, th- you know, there's two things at, at play here, right? There's two different battles at play. The Kings are without their best player. And the the Warriors, they just have the road yips. They just can't get yeah. right. doesn't matter who they play. It's just something that they can't get over. That building is very loud. And that's a that's an issue, right? So, we're going to see how they can be able to withstand that. So I think both teams are going to deal with a, with, with a bit of adversity come game five. I hear what you're saying, although I, I you know, it's kind of like what I was talking. I was telling a, a, another Lakers fan, you know, talk about this, this Lakers Grizzly series. I feel, I said, I feel like with all the chaos surrounding Memphis, LeBron smells blood in the water. Like he, he knows it's an opportunity to go in and sniff this thing out. Now Win game four, the series is pretty much a wrap. You could probably close it out in game six. Um, I feel like it's the same thing with golden state. They won a game that maybe they shouldn't have won, especially with all the late-game blunders, particularly by Steph. Right. Um, but when you kind of survive that game, when you consider the fact that 
Andrew Wiggins coming back just two games in looks great on both ends. And you could have easily stolen one of those, especially game one uh, in Sacramento. And now the Kings don't have not just their best player, but the guy who was the clutch player of the year. And that's translating to these playoffs. He's been fantastic right. in the fourth quarter. Um, again, I, I, my gut for some reason tells me he's going to play, um, but he's, he's not obviously not going to be fully himself. But uh, I feel like Golden State is going to take this thing in six. He's not Kawhi. He may end up just playing. So, we'll yeah. See. That's a good point. That's a good point. Uh, let's see. We got a few comments here. Uh, I think we both agree with this from Grady. Dylan Brooks is a scrub. Indeed. Uh, our guy Patrick Brown here from the grid. He says, I wouldn't be surprised if the game is very tight. I'm not expecting a blowout, but anything uh, can happen. Uh, I agree. I, it's going to be closer, but I, st- I still think you guys are going to uh, pull it out. I, th- I think we're we're due for it. I think AD is going to kind of come back down to earth again he's coin flip davis as i called him and uh <laughs> that's what he's gonna be from here on out and but no malik beasley it's 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 the legacy game from malik beasley austin reeves had it in game one malik beasley has it in game four you heard it here first okay uh okay here a little side question here uh from yes. barry john rivera how do y'all feel about the phil jackson uh comments i'm sure you're aware of what he was talking about on the podcast with the bubble uh yeah. do you have any any thoughts on that barry uh, you know, I was I was gonna make a video on this yesterday, and I forgot. Um, here's here's my thing. Phil Jackson, when he came back to basketball to be the executive in regards to being the president for the Knicks, showed exactly who he was. And what I mean by that is that is that somebody who the game has passed. Hmm. So when I hear him talk about this. This is something that is very symbolic of who he is right now. The game has passed him. This generation of athlete, this generation of social awareness for athletes, and we're in regards to where the organizations, the the institutions are playing a part in pushing that 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 awareness forward. He's behind the times. I don't think he's racist. I don't think he's a bigot. I don't think anything like that. I just think he's old. Honestly, okay. like there's just some people out there that just don't get it. They're just it's just not for them. There's a lot of people that when Cal- Colin Kaepernick did the kneeling, they never watch football again. That was it for them because they're just behind the times. They can't they don't like the blend of social awareness and social uproar with their sports. They want to separate those things. Phil Jackson is one of those people. So I don't really have much to say. I'm not going to bash him. I'm not going to say, oh, well, you got to look back in time now to see how he treated black players. Treated black players fine. Everybody swears by Phil Jackson in regards to the coach, motivator, um, you know, father figure, all of these things. So we're not going to go there. But this is just this generation of basketball, this generation of athlete, it's just not for him. So. Somebody put a mic in his face. He said something, and now it's viral. But it doesn't shock me. It doesn't shock me at all. No, it doesn't shock me either. And I think at the end of the day, I, first of all, I think he's lying about not watching the NBA. He was at a Lakers game very recently, so he's you know evidently he's watching something. I mean, and listen, he, you know, Genie's still the homie. Of course, he's gonna pull up to the. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. But yeah. uh, you, you know, it is. But I, I think also you were talking about you know like the whole Kaepernick thing, and and I've done numerous segments on the show about that. I'm like, regardless how you feel about him, the people that genuinely love the NFL did not stop watching the NFL, whether right. they agreed or disagree. I think it's the same thing with NBA players being, uh, you know, 
vocal about uh, social justice during the bubble and, and, and you know what was going on. Uh, you know, like I said, a lot of people are watching the NBA because this was, I think, the highest rated has been the highest rated first round since like 2011. Right. Uh, and Warriors Kings has been the highest rated series, so people are engaged in, in some way, shape, or form. Shifting to, I want to talk about Philadelphia for a second because a lot of people at Philadelphia went in the East. Uh, they've obviously got one of the better rosters in the NBA. They're incredibly deep. Uh, Tyrese Maxey has been incredible. Certainly was in the first round against uh, Brooklyn. But I'm already seeing one of, I had three concerns about Philly. One of my concerns of our, has already come to fruition. That's the health of Joel Embiid. Every year since 2019, outside of 2020, he has either gone into the playoffs sick or hurt and has come out either sick or hurt. Right. And you saw he injured that knee in game three, didn't play in game four. Now he's got plenty of time to rest, which is huge. Uh, but it's already starting to unravel a, a, as we sit here today. What's what, Do you believe that Philadelphia can win the East, or do you have absolutely no faith in them whatsoever? I, I believe that they can win the East. Um, and the reason why I say that they can win the East is because the East right now, the, it's up in it's up in the air, right? Um, yeah. Giannis, Giannis does not look healthy. They look very vulnerable. The Heat may end up sniping them just like they did in 2020. So, um I I don't know, man. I mean, you know, you, you you have the Celtics, but are the Celtics really ready? I'm not really sure. So we'll see. But you know, I, I think they're still in good shape in regards to the Sixers. Uh if 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 they can be able to get him healthy to a point, I think a 75%, 80% in bead is pretty much better than the majority of the bigs in in the NBA. Oh, yeah. So if they can get him there, limit his minutes, and you know, I think Harden Harden can be able to do his damage early in these rounds, right? When you need Embiid, you're going to need Embiid in the Eastern Conference Finals. You're going to need him to be that guy that Harden can never be, right? So I think right. with Maxi, with Harden, with the with the with the collection of talent that they have on that roster, I think they'll be fine if Embiid has to miss a game or two in the second round. I don't see that happening, but if he does, I think they'll still be fine because that's the thing with good teams is that if they're going to have their superstar out, they can win a couple of games, a whole series or, you know, two rounds. That's asking a lot. But in a microcosm, two games or so, they can definitely pull that out. So I, 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 don't, I don't have much um, concern with the Sixers right now. Um, I, I think that it's a minor injury and I think MD to be back fine. I certainly hope he is because, you know, he's in all likelihood going to win the MVP. And th again, this would be the first time in his career where the Sixers really have a chance to make yeah. a run uh, where we have a potential to see him healthy. And we obviously hope that's the case. Uh, but I know you and I, neither of us trust Doc Rivers. Uh, obviously, all. you know, three, 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 one leads that he's blown in his career, at Orlando and two in Los Angeles. One of the most overrated coaches in NBA history. I've never seen a coach live more off of one title, by the way, 15 years ago. Uh, you know, the, the, than anybody in the NBA. And the second thing is, it's people fall into the James Harden thing every year, and every single season he he, he fades away in some he way or another. He is, man. He is it's, he and is. that's why I don't trust Philly. If I can't trust your coach or your two best players, then I can't I can't buy into you. That's, that's kind of where I'm at on Philly. That's fair. I, I can't I can't even fight you on that. You know what I mean? Like it, it's it's shown itself to be true. All you know, every year that we've seen it, right? We always say that players play to the back of their baseball card. The back of your baseball card says this, then that's nine times out of 10 what you are. You can be able right. to fool people in a year or so, have a nice run, but you're always going to play to the back of your baseball card. 
Um, Harden has never been a guy that can be able to carry a team in a series. He always tends to disappear. He always tends to look very disengaged in in um in see, in series clinching games or games where the the team is going to be eliminated. So, you know, that's where Embiid is going to help him. But if Embiid is not available or if Embiid doesn't have the energy or or the health or whatever it is, then the Sixers are in trouble. Now you have a Tyrese Maxey that's there by himself that's trying to that's trying to help. And he's a great player. He's a good young player. But, he, you know, he's not ready for that stage yet. Yeah, he's still young. And I, I, I liked your baseball reference there. How about Yoshida for the Red Sox hitting two home runs in the eighth inning in Milwaukee? That was, listen, he's yeah. for real. He's yeah. for real. Uh, yeah, shout out to the Red Sox. I had to get that in on the show. Couple worry, last... we'll, we'll, we'll get our own Japanese star soon. No, you're not. You're not getting. <laughs> you're not getting. You're not getting Otani. I'm just. I'm trying to help you, buddy. I'm trying to to save you from the fall that's going to happen this this winter. I'm All trying, right, I'm man. Listen, I, if he signs with the Mets, I'm going to hop on a plane to Tennessee, and I'm going to deliver this Otani Mets jersey personally. Okay. I'm gonna, have, I'm gonna have all for the whole family. Whole family. Oh, for the whole family. Every, whole everybody's family. getting Otani jersey. 19 Otani, pinstripes, all everything. Absolutely. Okay, okay. A uh, couple basketball questions left. Uh I didn't really buy into the Knicks going into the playoffs. I thought Cleveland had more shot makers. I trusted Donovan Mitchell more. The job in which we shouldn't be, I guess we should be shocked how the good they are defensively, considering their coach is Tom Thibodeau. The job they're doing on Garland, on Mitchell, obviously Evan Mobley, we're not going to be too hard on him. He's only his second year in the league. Um, <laughs> simply put, they just look flat out better. Jalen Brunson was probably the offseason acquisition of the year last year. He's been incredible in terms of leadership. Uh, obviously, he can knock down the mid-range shot, gets everybody Im- involved offensively. And R.J. Barrett played well yesterday as well. Uh, what sort of your takeaway on the Knicks? Do you think maybe they could shock somebody in the second round, be it Milwaukee or Miami? Maybe. Yep. You do. You're you're in. You're in the Knicks. I've been in on the Knicks. I think that Jalen Brunson um, has given this team something that they haven't had in years, a point guard. They've always needed a point guard. All the guys that they've had, even when they had Melo, even when they had Stoudemire, if they had that point guard, the Knicks would be a special team back then. And what happened with the Knicks is that they were impatient. What ended up happening, a little story time with Barry Grant Jr. here, if you didn't know this. Um, the Knicks went after Tyson Chandler instead of waiting to acquire Chris Paul the following offseason. Mm-hmm. Had they waited for Chris Paul, the Knicks would have probably been one of the better teams in the Eastern Conference for the tenure of Carmelo's Carmelo Anthony's run with the Knicks. They probably would have got to an Eastern Conference Finals and maybe a Finals as well. Now, you know, granted, when they were playing, when they were good, obviously the Miami Heat were there too, but they had and, right. and then the Cavs, but they had a chance to have a run, but they wait, they 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 were very impatient. So they decided to go get Tyson Chandler first. He won defensive player of the year. Well, what's better? An interior big that doesn't score or a point guard that can be able to put everything together. And you're seeing the same thing with Jalen Brunson is that he's a guy that can facilitate, get everybody involved, but he can get himself a basket. And that's something that Tom Thibodeau and his system loves. The run that he had with Chicago, he got a young uh, uh, Derrick Rose, youngest MVP to ever win one, right? You have a guy that can be, uh, be able to facilitate, score on his own, 
set everybody up, play some decent defense. Um, Homer Simpson is coaching his ass off. And, <laughs> and, and the Knicks, the Knicks fans, let me tell you something. Madison Square Garden, that place is a, is a zoo. It's a, it's an absolute zoo, and it's all and it's also a madhouse outside of oh, MSG. Everybody sees the videos on social right. media. Like it's it's just crazy. Like that guy that's going viral and says, "Hey, don't you hey, want to come to Dicks? Hey, Spider, don't you want to come to Dick? Like you know what I mean? Like that's it's that's great. It's, fun. it's 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 really good. So Nick's Nick fans are having a great time. Um, could you imagine if they actually would have pulled off that trade for Spider Mitchell? So they would have had Brunson, Mitchell, and um, and they would have had Randall. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, don't, don't even bring Randall into this. Don't even bring- I'm, I'm just saying as a third yeah, star sure. with those two, that's a problem. That's a real problem. And, you know, kudos to them. They decided, you know, obviously the, the – you know, the, the Jazz decided to trade him elsewhere, but the young guys are stepping up. They have a lot of depth. They have some good players. Um, You know, so, yeah, any, anything is possible, man. I remember I called the Miami Heat in the bubble to make the finals. I called it. Right? I said the dark horse to win the, the, to get to the finals was the Miami Heat. Don't sleep on those Knicks. Don't sleep on those I Knicks. I'm in now. In an in a, in a, in a Eastern Conference that is – there's a lot of teams that are up in the air right now. That team might be the one to make the run. So we'll see. After what I've seen through the first four games, I wouldn't be shocked. A couple things is that, first of all, it shows you how, uh, you know, it's 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 a knock on Nico Harrison in Dallas that he wasn't able to keep Jalen Brunson there. Yeah, uh, and obviously the Mavericks have just completely nosediving in terms. Well, I mean, of you heard you, you you heard uh, um, Mr. Um, Mark Cuban say that he blames he blames the parents, and it's just like no, don't blame the parents, blame yourself. Yeah. You you lowballed him instead of you could you could have been able to give him a hundred million dollars and he would have stayed, but you yep. gave him a low deal because you didn't think that he was that good of a player. You can just be honest. You didn't think he was that good. You thought that he was a guy that could be able to be the sixth man of the year or something, and not be able to be a starting point guard on any team. He can be a piece. Okay, now the Knicks are showing you exactly what that piece can do. And dare I say, is it at least a little bit of an indictment on Luca? Just because, because if you remember last year when Luca was out, Jalen Brunson had some huge games against the Utah Jazz in that first round, and yeah. then maybe wasn't quite as effective because Luca is such a ball dominant player. It, you know, it, listen, it's a fair thought. Um, and then secondly, I'd be lying to you if I said I was, uh, I, I was heartbroken over Cleveland just totally folding in the playoffs. It, 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 it makes me happy uh, deep yeah. down inside. Um, <laughs> it really does. I, I love every second of it. Shouts to Mike Guido, man. He's miserable. I hit him up yesterday. He was just, yeah, you know, I, any team that I'm a fan of, they just, they, they just suck. They're always, I, I, I'm, I'm the jinx. I say, yeah, well, you are, yeah, yeah. You're, you're only Cavs fan I know. So you know, God bless you. Oh, only Cavs forget. No, he's only Cavs fan. I can I can tolerate. He's only Cavs fan. <laughs> and again, you know, it's, 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 this is a shout out to Mike Guido right here. Yankees lose <laughs> again. We gotta love it. Thank you, Poppy. Uh, last basketball question before we move to Aaron Rodgers. Yes, sir. Uh, Ime Duck was hired by the Houston Rockets about an hour and a half ago. Uh, I think it's a great move for Houston. They got a ton of young players. Uh, uh, obviously. 
Jabari Smith, who they drafted last year, who I love as a prospect. Yes, um, me too. Who's the kid they took a uh, uh, year before that? Uh, number two pick. I'm forgetting his name. Uh, what's his name? Man? Oh, my gosh. Uh, it's driving me crazy. I like the I lost kid, it. too. I lost it. Yeah. Uh, what's your listen? Houston's got a ton of young talent. There's one thing the Rockets throughout their history have always been good at, and that's that's getting buckets. They always have a, you know, a good group of scores. What's your thoughts on Ime Odoka? Because I think this could really work. I think they got the steal. They got a steal. Um, you know, shouts to Steven Silas, right? Um, I think he's a he's a good young coach. I think he'll find his way if it's not as a head coach in the NBA, you know, maybe he has to, you know, be an assistant and kind of learn, you know, learn the ropes a little bit, maybe, you know, find another opportunity and then come back. But um, definitely want to send a shout to him. But listen, maybe Doka is a great coach. He's a great yeah, he coach and he's a great motivator. And if these kids are going to, if they buy into what he's selling, they're going to be good for a long time because they have the foundation there. You know what I'm saying? So, I think it's a I think it's a wonderful move. I think, you know, the teams that were very hesitant into bringing him in, um I think everybody made a mistake. You know, they're going to let this particular situation cloud their judgment about his coaching ability. Um right. I don't think that that's the right thing, but hey, you know, to each his own, but the Rockets got to go one. They did. And I listen, I have a feeling it may get off to it because, listen, Houston's obviously not a very good team right now. But I have a, I have a feeling it's going to get off to a little bit of a rough start. because Jalen Green is who we were talking about. Jalen Green. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. G League guy. I remember he's a tremendous score. But uh, I have a feeling it could get off to a little bit of a rough start because you yeah, remember obviously in Boston, it was, you know, they yeah. were playing 500 basketball and then second half of the season. They were it's the going to take time, Bryson. It's yeah, not going to be something where they're going to win 50 games next year. It, right. You know, they signed him, and they, I'm sure they told him, "Listen, you're in it for the long haul. Don't worry about the first two years. Let's let's go ahead and accumulate as much talent as we as we can. We have draft picks, so we 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 can be able to really like, you know, change and mold this fran uh, franchise and roster around in the next few years. So you know they'll be fine. And if they can win the lottery and get Wimbyama, Houston can be a problem. If that's the case. Not what about what about Scoop? He's good too. I I he, like listen, him as a scorer. I'm going to tell you right now. I'm going to tell you right now. Okay. I'm saying it on your show. Just like I said years ago on yeah, I don't even know if I had a show back then, but when it when a jog and get in Zion get 2019. So I didn't even have a show back then. I was just talking to people that I was told to that Ja Morant was going to be a better player than Zion Williamson. I'm telling you right now. Scoot Henderson is going to be a better player than Victor wow. Wimbayama. I'm saying it right now. I have seen, I have, I have looked at tape. I have looked at game footage. I've looked at all of this stuff. Yeah, you want the unicorn to be great. But let me tell you something. That kid Scooter, I'm just saying, NBA so, body, he's a problem. He's he going, to, he's going to be an impact player from day one, from day one. Trust so are, me. You, are you willing to go out on a limb and say if the Rockets get the number one pick that they should take Scotty Henderson? Yes. Okay. That's I, I love you going on. Listen, I think he's an incredibly talented kid. I think they actually didn't they play each other like a couple of months ago, I think. Uh I, I can't yeah, but I remember Scotty had a big game in that game. So that's, all, very I'm, that's right. all I'm saying, man. Like, you know, you we've we've always seen those those can't miss pro projects go number one, and then the guy that went number two ended up being the stud. So Kevin Durant's a good example back in 07. Michael Jordan, too. <laughs> Michael Jordan, yeah, he, he ended up having a decent, yeah. he had a decent career. He had a decent career. 
to listen to to the to the story of the hour right now, Aaron Rodgers. I think it is safe. It's to over. It's over. I know. You know what? What sucks about it? I'm gonna miss the Aaron watch on yes. your show. It's, it's, I'm really gonna miss that. The, the theme music and everything. Shouts to Claw for that, man. Yeah. Aaron watch. Aaron watch was fun, man. For the couple of weeks that we were doing it, man. It, it's you know we're, we're gonna have to do a little uh, ceremony for. And the Barra watch on Friday, so yeah, you're definitely. you're gonna get that have to get that green number eight jersey, you know, to, to kind of like put this right, it, make it final. Um, but listen, I think it's listen, it's safe to say because I remember we've had numerous discussions about it back in March when the when he officially announced his intention yeah. to play for the Jets. Is that you know you as well as a lot of people, especially in New York, are all in on this as a potential maybe AFC title uh, uh, contending team. I'm more of a can they make the playoffs type of guy? Because, you know, again, I'll, I'll show the, I think I've got the graphic here. I'll show the numbers. Aaron Rodgers wasn't all that great last year. 19th yeah. March per game, uh, 26th in, in picks, 16th in passer rating, uh, 26 in QBR, and then last in 300 yard games. Uh, so I think overall it's, it's not going to, it's not going to translate the way that a lot of people think it will in, in New York <laughs> with the Jets. Uh, he said Ozzy's in the building, Grady, by the way. What's your, uh, what's your takeaway right off the bat now that it's official, given what the compensation was? Uh, yeah, I, I think, you know, I've said it. I said it on IG and people can be able to go check that out. I think this is a great deal for both sides. I think, you know, the Jets getting the 15th pick moving two spots down uh, um, and then the, the Packers taking the 13, uh, the Jets giving them a second round pick for this year, them taking back a fifth Packers getting a, a, a conditional sixth, I believe, or something like that. So it's just a good deal for both sides. Um, I think the Jets, in my opinion, they're the best team in New York. They have the better quarterback. Yes, I agree. Um, if you want to give the Giants the running back edge slightly, I can give them that offensive line. I think the Jets have that uh, locked. I think um, I think the skill positions, the Jets have that. Obviously, the defense, the Jets have that. Special teams, I'll give it to the Jets. And head coaching, if you want to give the edge to the Giants, that's fine. Definitely Giants. But yeah. but but the Jets are just the better team. And and the thing with Aaron Rodgers, I saw the numbers that you put up there. All of those things are fair and warranted. But I look at it from a different uh, perspective, Bryson. I look at it from a point where Aaron Rodgers probably just didn't want to be there anymore. And, you know, the skill positions weren't as great as they normally were. You're going to see an uptick because the talent level is way higher on the Jets than it was on the Packers from last season. So I can guarantee that you'll see some 300-yard games. And maybe they don't necessarily need those type of 300-yard games from him because the running attack is really solid it on is. this team. So they can be able to do they can do the run and the play action is going to be really really good. I think Aaron Rodgers is going to have a lot of fun being a New York Jet. I really do. I think I think for the first time in his career, he's in a place that he should have been in from day one. Um, you know, he's a California kid. You know, Green Bay just it was an odd fit from the day from day one. It worked. Yeah. You know, they made it work. But I, I just necessarily believe that this is the stage that he should be on. And, um, you know, people say that, you know, we're going to see how he handles the media. OK, that's that's a, that's fine. That's obviously warranted. But winning cures everything. If the Jets play well, doesn't matter what the, what his press conferences look like. Right. So, you know, um, I think that it's going to be a great opportunity in these these next two years. If he does play, he might play longer than that. If he has a lot of fun with these Jets, you never know. This might be the resurgence in his career that he's been looking for. So, sometimes. You know, when you're when you're in a situation where it's just the same monotonous stuff happening, Bryson, your 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 spirit kind of gets a little little weak, right? You you, sure. you tend to not have the motivation in doing certain things. But once the once your situation changes, you move, 
get a new job or something, you you find that new energy and that new vigor for life. Maybe that's what Aaron Rodgers is going to feel in New York because the energy here, him coming here, the expectations that the fan base, that the media is going to have, I think he's going to finally be like, man, I want this. Like, this is what I want. You know what I mean? Like, there's not, it's not Green Bay. This is what I want. So, um, you know, it's time to put up and shut up. We're definitely going to see, but I think the Jets, I think the Jets are going to be one of the best teams in the AFCs, obviously, Bills and them. And if you want to sprinkle the Dolphins in there, absolutely. It's going to be a, it's going to be a dogfight. Oh, it'll be a fun division. No question about it. Um, you make, listen, you make plenty of good points. My sort of what I would counter with, you, you mentioned that, you know, last year you, you could say all those numbers were the fact that he didn't want to be there. And that very well could be the case. Uh, I, I think immediately after the 2021 season, he probably wanted out after his most recent MVP. Yes. What I would respond with is, well, what we saw last year looks a lot like a lot of his playoff starts. And he's a guy sure. who has tended to really, particularly in, in, in home playoff games. I mean, you look at, the, obviously, way back in the day when they were 15-1, and they lost to the Giants in the playoffs uh, badly. You look at Tampa Bay uh, in 2020, and then last year, uh, or a couple of years ago with the, the Niners, only scoring 13 points and still winning the game because right. Aaron Rodgers was, was, was pretty terrible. Um, okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. My question for him has always been his commitment level. And does that always tie to Green Bay? Maybe. But when you have a new coaching staff, obviously you could say he's familiar with Hackett, but Hackett did not call his plays when he was in Green Bay. That was LaFleur's job. Uh, Again, new receivers, it took till about December for it to kind of click a little bit in Green Bay. It was was, was too late at that point because obviously they lost that last game against Detroit. Um, I have a hard time believing that you can be a contender if you've got – Best case scenario, Aaron Rodgers is the fourth best quarterback in the conference. There's, I don't think anybody would take uh, Rodgers over, obviously not Patrick Mahomes or Burrow or even Josh Allen. Um, and so I think, and again, today you, you may think I'm crazy and you, you could be right. I would take Lamar Jackson, just given recent production, <laughs> recent production over uh, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, does, does Lamar Jackson have a team? He does not have a team, <laughs> but he will. He's no, playing in Baltimore this year. He's playing in Baltimore this year. I'm just saying. He's playing Baltimore this year. That, 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 that's what I'd say. So I, I, I have a hard time for that reason buying to the Jets as contenders. Listen, I, I would – all of those points are warranted, Bryson, but my thing is you really think that uh, Allen is that much better than Aaron Rodgers because – Oh, he had a rough year. He's a bit of a – as well. So, you know, we'll see. Allen is a slightly better version of Dak Prescott, if you think uh, about it. And, and you know how I feel about them. We we won't we won't talk about Dak. Don't worry, I'm not gonna get Please. you in a bad mood. Yeah, just just don't. I'm I'm, I'm having a good day. I, I I will take the cheesehead Aussie gear off. I will have to ask you a question because uh, I've asked a lot of my guests uh, this question before we get out of here. Uh, so obviously I I announced a few months ago that I'm gonna be finally picking a, a team to root for. It's been three and a half years. When long. when is the announcement coming? <sighs> It'll be before the schedule comes out. It's you know what I'm I I think it should it should come draft night. That's a very draft special- night. That's a very special night. That should because you know teams are settling in. You know there's a, there's a new hope for teams. They have their 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 guys. 
you know, they're going to go into OTAs and all that stuff. I think that draft night should be when this happens. I, you can pick when, but I think that'd be a good idea. That's just my opinion. That doesn't give me a whole lot of time, though, to choose. That's you should already have a decision. What are you waiting for? What are you waiting for, Bryson? It's hard. It's between two teams, and you they are, both have the pros and cons. You are a man that studies the game. You understand football in and out. There's, you're, you're just, you're just, you're just kind of like posturing at this point. You're posturing. You're definitely oh, posturing. Man. I feel called out right now. I really yeah, you're posturing. That's exactly what you're doing. You're just dragging it out, dragging it out. It, it's it's not gonna be on draft night. I just I hate to tell you, it's not gonna be on draft night. <laughs> Matter of fact, the draft what may very well affect my decision. It should. So that's why I'm waiting. Uh, and then uh, last thing, uh, who wins the NBA championship? All right, you're gonna get two answers from me. There's gonna oh. be the answer from my heart, and then well, there's gonna be the be. answer from my head. Um. Hart, you're definitely going to go Lakers, um, obviously. I think the Lakers are a dangerous team. And I'm not even just being a no, fanboy. Like, they are a dangerous team. Um, but my head, I, I that's a tough one, man. Um, gun to my head. Gun to my head. I would say. I'd say the Suns. Really? I didn't expect that answer from you. Why, why is that? Because you were kind of skeptical on Phoenix when they made the KD trade. I still am, but it's just sometimes star power is just a bit much, and you need stars to be able to get buckets in certain situations. They have that guy, you know? And Chris Paul is what he is. Um, so, it, like I said, it's a tough – I think a better question to ask me were to be who do I have in the finals, right? But winning it all, you know, it certain things can be able to change. So many things can be able to change. Um, so you know, from here till June, right? So it's just sure. it's tough, man. But you know, I'll I'll say my finals pick with my heart, Lakers, Bucks. With my head, I would say Suns, Suns, Sixers, or okay. Golden State Bucks. There you go. There you we go. Get a remate, we got a rematch. Um, but it all depends, right? If 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 the Kings obviously the Kings beat the um beat the uh the Golden State Warriors, I think the Lakers get to the finals. If the Golden State Warriors beat the Kings, man, that second round. That's that I, I, I think that's that Adam that might praying be, for the series. Yeah, that might be the that might be the ratings draw of the entire playoffs, and you're going to see like a precipitous dr- a drop after that. Sure. Um. So yeah, we'll see, man. It, 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 there's a lot of great storylines in in the playoffs right now, and it, it's it's really hard to pick one. You know what I mean? Like I'm sure yeah. I sound like I'm I'm waffling right now, but it's it's really tough. It's tough to pick. Tough this, to pick. this is why this is why you need me as a friend because my head and my heart are the exact same pick. Yeah. Okay. So it's just it doesn't doesn't change. Doesn't <laughs> I didn't I didn't waver. I didn't change team. Pick made my pick in October. I'm sticking with it and I'm going down with the ship if the ship does go down. That, well, that's they, all I'm gonna say. Well, they're definitely uh, gonna go down. They're gonna they're gonna go down to the LeBron missile. That's what's gonna happen. I mean, three out of four times that was not the case, but okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, it's it's, it's it was, listen, it's it's okay. You could be the greatest player ever and, and and lose three out of four finals to the greatest dynasty since the Bulls. It's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. There's it's nothing over. Wrong it's over. Okay. Light the beam. Oh, stop. We it. gonna get it done. Stop okay. It. We gonna get it done. 
cute little flashlight. Come on. Are, are, are we talking about Kawhi before I get out of here? Is, are, are we... you, oh, you, listen, I was uh, actually gonna I was gonna talk about Russ, but if you want to talk about Kawhi, have at it. Uh, you know what? This is your show. I don't I don't want to step on it. So what were you gonna talk about with Russ? Well, here's what I was gonna say. It's on. The, the, I mean, listen. I watch every dribble of games three and four. I, I didn't watch all of game one uh, or two. Yeah. Russ. It's undeniable. Russ played well games three and four. Yes, he did. But the thing that I've always said about Russ in games three and four is kind of like when they had a game against Memphis about a month ago. Westbrook had a great night. Uh, like led them in scoring whole bit. It's kind of an indictment on Russ because he's only he only plays that well when he doesn't have other co stars. And that's what I've said. So what's and obviously Clippers lost both games. What's sort of your view on on Russ and the Clips? You see his face. Well, I know they're from the basement, but outside of that, you know, I I have nothing. I I am. I told you that the basketball gods were so kind to me. They they weren't kind after we won the championship. They gave me a lot of injuries, a lot of heartache, a lot of pain, but they gave me something. They put Russell Westbrook with Kawhi Leonard and 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 Paul George. You can't ask for a better present as a basketball fan and as a Laker fan. Because what 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 do you have to look forward to? What do you think they're gonna win? <laughs> the Clippers were never gonna win. Any even Clipper fans. I have Clipper fans in my DMs. Whoa, 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 wait, wait a minute. You know Clippers fans? Yeah, I know a couple. All thirteen of them? There's like two. I know. So yeah, yeah obviously there's yeah. like eleven left. But the the thing is. They're starting to abandon ship on Kawhi. They're done. I've They're noticed. done. They're done with him. They're done with Paul George. They're done with a whole lot, right? They like Russ, but I'm telling them, listen, you're not going to like Russ next year. He's you giving you what you want this year, but don't re-sign him. You tell, tell him tell him that, we, you listen, we're, we're, we're happy that what you did for us, thank you for your service, and you can move on. If you re-sign Russ, you're going to get what you paid for. I'm telling you right now, Clippers fans, if they re-sign him, the Clippers are going to go into the tank. I'm telling you right now. This is an albatross of what you're seeing. This is not real. He's going to give you these great games. But what I said before, players play to the back of their baseball card. That's what happens. And you saw that with the erratic turnovers that he has in the fourth quarter. You know, yeah. you can look at the numbers. If people look at the box score, oh, Russ killed, man, he played well. But when you watch the game, that's why I always tell people that numbers lie all the time. You have to watch the game to see exactly how that particular player impacted the game, how they played through all four quarters of the basketball game, not just looking at numbers. And Russ costs his team games when it matters the most. That's what he does. That's who he is. Just well, what end, it is. End of game three. He, I think it was a five-point game with a minute left, so he still absolutely had a chance to win. He had a bad, bad turnover yeah. uh, under the basket. So that's that's kind of you know, that's again, just who he is. That you know, you take the good with the bad, and and it's mostly bad. So you, you would know. know. You but would know. With, I would know. But with this Kawhi thing, ah, man, I'll tell you what. You know, Stephen A. caught a lot of flack. I'm with him. He, there's no reason for him to catch flack because you see, the thing is, the truth hurts. Right. And I said it on my show uh, this past podcast. You guys can check it out. I said the reason why Kawhi Leonard is a clipper is because he knew exactly what he was doing. Desperate franchises will make desperate decisions. You think any other team that has any respect for themselves was going to give in to the demands of Uncle Dennis 
and Kawhi Leonard? No. No. This is why he was using the Lakers as leverage to go to the Clippers so he can be able to get exactly what he wanted. Yeah, I want to play 50 games. Yeah, I want to have the helicopter take me 12 blocks. Yeah, I want to have my family on the planes. Yeah, I want to have Uncle Dennis into everything. That's what he wants. And teams that have a winning culture will never sign up with that. You think Masai Ujiri was going to tell him yes to all of that stuff? No. You think that Genie Buss well, was going to do he that? May, he may have after the championship, maybe. Now, he, there was a lot of stuff that came out that Masai Ujiri was not okay with. And that's okay. why he's not a Raptor. Because he was like, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. I'm not going to have you handcuff my franchise. You're a great player. Gave us a championship, but no. I have to draw a line here. The Clippers said, no, no, no. Come right in. Come right in with all the nonsense. Come right in with all the load management stuff. You get what you ask for. Nobody can be shocked about what, what happened because this is what he told you he, he wanted. This is what he told you he wanted. He didn't want to play a lot of games, and he was going to ramp up and be available for the playoffs. Really? That's not how your body works, especially when you get older. You need to play, and if you're right. injury-prone, you're going to tend to be injury-prone when you least expect it. And that's what the Clippers have, and they're stuck. And that's why I love it. They're stuck. They're stuck because no, nobody will take Kawhi Leonard with that headache. No one. No one. Well, you made a great point about, you know, you're actually better off playing more games and less. I'll use an example uh, from the Warriors. Kevon Looney. Yeah. Uh, first three, four years in the NBA, he could not stay on the floor. He had hip, he had a big hip surgery, back problems. Uh, actually, he had to completely change the way he played the game. If you look at his highlights at UCLA, totally different player. Right. And now, this is two straight years he's played all 82. Mikael Bridges has yet to miss a game in the NBA. He actually played 83 this year because of the yeah. trade. Um. And so, listen, the more – it's it's kind of like, uh, you, you know, when you – the, it's kind of like with anything, the more you practice, the the, the better off you are. It's, it's it's kind of that that same thing in the NBA. Listen, I think Kawhi is, is the one player in the league that I think ha- almost has to load manage because I think it's I think the guy has arthritic knees. Uh, I think he said knee problems since he came into the league. Uh, but no, you're you're absolutely right. And listen, I bought in the Clippers the, the first year of that experiment, but once they blew that three one lead to Denver, I was out. I, I sold my all my Clipper stock and I haven't bought in since. I, I feel pretty good I, about that decision. I did I did I tell you this story about me as a as a fan? Uh, or as know. a Laker fan, um, I have never, and this is me going back from the days where I used to have my Magic Johnson jersey and my James Worthy jersey and all of these Laker things. I used to have the high socks like Magic because uh, my mother used to buy me all of these things. Shouts to her. Rest in peace. But um, I have never used the Clippers in a video game in my entire life. I've used every single NBA team. I've used, you know, played franchises and Clippers. I've never used. Never. The hatred goes that deep. That is deep. But I respect it, though. At least you're consistent. I will never, never roof. And listen, you heard my, I don't know if you heard my dummy of the week, but Lamar Odom, shame on you. Yeah, yeah. Shame on you, Lamar Odom. You, listen, I don't know what you were drinking that night, but you need to relax. Okay, you need to relax. No Laker fans will ever cheer for Clipper fans. It will never happen. It will never happen. Your squatters, it's get like, your own building and get out. So it's like asking you Mets fans to root for the other team in the Bronx. So it's not never. No. Why and vice versa? Why? Why? Why would I? Why would I want a Yankee fan to root for Mets? Oh no. Either with us, with us, or you're against us. That's the pick a side and move on. Clippers, get a break. <laughs> 
Shouts to Stephen A. Smith for telling the truth. I'm glad that people still tell the truth in the media because some people like to spit lies and they like to push this narrative out there when and then they go home and they t- they tell the real story or they go on a podcast right. and tell what they really feel. Like nonsense. Like let's call a spade a spade. Kawhi Leonard is a charlatan. That's what he is. He fooled the Clippers, or maybe he didn't fool the Clippers. He just told them exactly what it was, and now they realize that they're stuck. I think the world is just kind of like catching up like, oh, man, this guy's, you know, what's going on? This is who he is. This is why the Spurs were finished with him. They were done with him. They didn't want no parts of him after that. He wanted to talk about, and remember, you said, hey, you know, real quick, obviously, I I know you want to go into some other stuff. But, you know, when Tony Parker came out and was very critical of Kawhi Leonard, they buried him. They buried him buried Tony Parker. Oh, how can he say that about a guy that's always been there? You don't think that Tony Parker knows who Kawhi Leonard is? You don't think that he understood? Like, bro, I came back from a torn quad, and what are you doing? So are you with us or are you against us? I think that you're against us, which means that if you're against us, then you need to go. He showed his character a long time ago. This is who he is. People want to say, okay, he's not a leader. This is somebody that you're paying big money to who cannot lead you out of a parking lot. That, that, couldn't, that, couldn't lead a parade. That feel good getting off your chest there? Anything to bash the Clippers always feels good to get off my chest. They're bums. Listen, you feel the same way about the Clippers as I do about the Memphis Grizzlies, okay? They're so we're bums. the same, same yeah. thing. Same thing. And like I said, on behalf of all Dub Nation, thank you to what you guys are doing to the Memphis Grizzlies right now. Yeah, it is, I, I almost shed a tear after the first quarter. I, I wish it was the Clippers. I wish we had a piece of those Clippers in the first round. That's what I wanted. It's a shame. It's a shame it didn't break for y'all like that. But, yeah. you know, y'all haven't beaten them since 2020, right? They, they're going to hang on to that? Yeah, they, they, can, they can put that. They, hey, they can hang a banner for once. They can hang that banner. They can hang that banner. They can they need to hang that Western Conference Finals banner from 2021. They're a little late on that. Instead of, instead of hanging black sheets. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. They're just they're just filling up space oh in the arena. Oh my goodness, what a bunch of losers. They are. They are. All right. Barry, we're going to see you on Thursday at the at the Grid 2023 yes. NFL Draft Live Reaction Show, 7:30 Eastern, 4:30 Pacific time, right here on the Grid's YouTube channel. Look forward to having you there and Ryan and and everybody there uh for the draft show. Uh Looking forward to it. Everybody absolutely. tune in. Absolutely. And we're definitely going to make it happen. So. Yeah, absolutely. Check that grid show out, man. We're going to have a lot of a lot of our creators on there, man. It's going to be a good time. You know, we have a lot of great opinions, a lot of great takes. Uh, Bryson is going to do a great uh, great job moderating like he always does with the draft shows. Um, this is our first official NFL draft. We normally do the NBA draft, which you do a great job. So looking forward to it, man. You're doing a great job. So keep it up. Appreciate it. You do the same, bro. Yeah. That was Barry Grant Jr. of the All Even Podcast, bringing the fire as always to what he does. He's riding the Clippers, though. Somebody had to say it. Let's see. We got we got a ton of comments. I'll get to a few of them here. Let's see. Let's see. Hang on. Grady was talking about Aaron Rodgers said uh, he might go the Vikings next. Talking about Aaron Rodgers, I mean it's it's the it's the only logical next step in his in his uh, you know evolution as an NFL player, right? Spends a long time in Green Bay, wins MVPs, takes a little quick stop in in, in the, with the Jets, lead the Vikings to the NFC title game. Although I think the Vikings are going to take Hinton Hooker. You heard it here first. Vikings are taking Hinton Hooker. 
and they're gonna they're gonna be a better franchise for it. Uh, uh, Grady says Lakers Warriors might be the, one of the greatest series of all time if we get it. Not kidding, I agree with you. Uh, I mean, if you get Philly Boston and Lakers Warriors in the second round, holy cow, that's a e- even Knicks. Bucks or Heat, whoever wins that series, and that that game tips off in a few minutes. That's a huge game for Milwaukee. That'll be great. Uh, John just says uh, Harden's going back to Houston. That's what all the reports are saying. I don't get it. I mean, listen, he loves the city, obviously. Spent, what, seven, eight years there. Won a lot of games, won an MVP there. Got to a couple of Western Conference Finals. But at this stage, I think Harden would, would... would be more intent on playing for contending teams, which the Sixers are certainly in that discussion. Houston's kind of in a developmental stage, and I'm not real sure, especially with hiring Udoka now, why the Rockets would take him back. It's very, very odd to me. Let's see. Got a few comments here. Uh, Okay, Barry's in the comments. He says, Markkinen wins most improved. Well-deserved. Very well-deserved for Laurie Markkinen, who, by the way, is serving in the the military uh, there. uh, Is he from Finland, I think it is? I don't know, but I know he's serving in the military now, so hats off to Laurie Markkinen. And well-deserved. Most improved player. Was the best player on the Jazz team that caught a lot of people, including myself, by surprise. So very well-deserved. I I picked him to win it, and I I think he absolutely deserves it. Uh, Patrick says, Clippers' downfall is courtesy of Kawhi's demands. They need to move on from him or he retires. I've never played with the Clippers either, even on NBA Jam. NBA Jam is where it's at. These recent 2Ks have been trash. I'm just telling you right now. Phillip, I think the finals is going to be Knicks versus Nuggets. Wow, how about that? I love Phillip going on a limb there. Listen, Knicks are playing well. They're, they've probably been the best defensive team in the playoffs at this point. And the Nuggets, have listen, they dropped that game. I watched that game last night against the Timberwolves. Great, great finish. Anthony Edwards was outstanding. So was Jokic, by the way. But, you know, listen, Denver will take care of them in game five. But Nuggets have looked good. Now, you could say the Nuggets have faced the worst team in, in the playoffs in all likelihood, and that's fair. But they've looked good through the first few. Although, I'll tell you this, though, Phillip, if it's if it's Knicks-Nuggets, that that is the – that's well, of course, Knicks, that, that'll be good for the NBA because it's New York, but – I promise you, Adam Silver does not want the Knicks and, or the Knicks. Maybe the Nug- He does not want to see the Nuggets in the NBA Finals. Western Conference Finals shorts. Jokic getting back there, two-time MVP. It's a good story. Finals. He and I'm not insinuating the league's going to rig rig the games, obviously, because that's not that's just a bunch of conspiracy nonsense. But I'll tell you, I mentioned that the ratings are up like since the highest they've been since like 2011. Let me tell you something. Like Grady mentioned it, the second round, you could have Lakers-Warriors. So you get another LeBron-Warriors playoff series, which will be a massive ratings draw. Plus the fact it's the Lakers, who are the most iconic brand in the NBA, maybe in sports, along, up there with, with the Cowboys and the Yankees. And then you got the Warriors, obviously you got the Dynasty, four-time champs and all. That'll be fun. You'll have Sixers-Celtics. That's a series we knew we'd get for a while. Long as Boston doesn't play with their food, take care of business in Game 5 uh, against Atlanta. That'll be a fun series. Either Milwaukee or Miami against the Knicks will be must-see. That'll be a defensive just slugfest, that series. Kind of a little bit old school. Uh, what else? Uh, who's the one series I'm missing? Oh, yeah, Nuggets and Suns It's what's all likely it's going to be. That'll be a fun series as well. You know, you got Jokic versus KD. I mean, I'm going to roll with KD and the Suns and all that good, but I, do, I, I will say this. Nuggets are way deeper, and the Nuggets have looked better more consistently than Phoenix. I mean, it's taking 40-point games from D-Book or from KD just to get them past the Clippers without Kawhi and Paul George. 
So the, the Nuggets are going to be a whole different test for him. That'll be a fun series as well. But listen, I want to live in the moment. Enjoy the first round series. This Warriors-King series is incredible. But that second round, whew, that's going to be fun. <laughs> Grady, how, how about the Rudy Gobert trade? Man, that's what you get. I want to go in. I think I still have it. I appreciate you mentioning this, Grady. Make sure I still have the graphic. Uh, not on the on the show, but on my phone. From the Rudy Gobert trade. Where is it? I guess I'm, I must have deleted it. Yeah, I deleted it. Point is, the Timberwolves gave up a freaking king's ransom for, I mean, Rudy Gobert, who's, you know, he's been more known for, you know, socking teammates on the sideline during games than he is actually, you know. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I didn't mean to bring that up. I, I didn't bring it, need to bring that up. That's that's slow of me. I, sh I shouldn't have done that. But I mean, that's, uh, he's, he, that, that's the most, that's the thing he, He's been better at punching a teammate than he has been playing basketball, but even that was a even that was a bad punch. I mean, he didn't even ball up his fist. He barely made contact with Kyle Anderson's chest. It's just it's a disaster. It's, it's one it, it will go down as one of the worst trades in NBA history. And don't say I second guess this because I said this back in whenever it was made June, July, whenever the trade went down, horrendous trade by the Minnesota Timberwolves. But then again, this is the same franchise that literally gave gave Andrew Wiggins to the Golden State Warriors, and I think it's pretty obvious who's won that trade. It's it's the rule I've always said, and you notice this in the NBA and in the NFL. Notice the really great, like the really successful teams always do deals with the dumb teams. Like, for example, like the Patriots for 20 years, you know how many trades New England did with Detroit and Cleveland? Because they know they're not, they're not going to fleece Pittsburgh. They're not going to, you know... You know, steal one out from under like the Saints or something. That's not what they do. That's not what they do. Cleveland, Detroit, yeah. Golden State does trades with Minnesota. You know, Minnesota gets Rudy. They get Rudy Gobert for freaking four first round picks. That was a bad deal. Last topic of the show. I, I sort of elaborated on it, and I'll I'll close the show with it today. I feel terrible for De'Aaron Fox. Like even as the Warriors, I feel terrible for the kid when you consider the regular season he had I, I think he's absolutely an all nba player uh you know averaged you know 25 a game and six assists shot over 50 percent for the field and was far and away the clutch player of the year led the nba in fourth quarter scoring uh had i think three buzzer beaters or three game winners one of them was a buzzer beater i think he gets orlando it was like a half court shot uh, he's been amazing for the Kings all season. He's been the driving force to why they're here, why they're the three seed, why they're statistically the best offense in NBA history. Give him all the credit in the world. Uh, and in the playoffs, I I definitely wondered about his teammates, whether to translate. And outside of Sabonis, they've all proved me wrong. But game one, tight game against Golden State in the fourth quarter. De'Aaron Fox gives you 38 points in his playoff debut. Game two, tight game, fourth quarter. Uh, actually, the game was tied with six minutes to go. De'Aaron Fox, 24 points. Now, the shooting percentage wasn't good, but he has some huge shots, set up his teammates for good looks that they knocked down, uh, hit a dagger three with about a minute and a half left, so props to him there. Wasn't great in game three, but there wasn't a king that stepped on the floor that was good in game three. It's a, Golden State played desperate. They had to win that one. But game four yesterday, again, you know a player's great, I mean truly great, when the opposing fan base, in this case, myself, a Warriors fan, and all of Dub Nation, I, I don't want to speak for everybody who's a Warriors fan, but I think I'm, I don't think I'm going out on a limb by saying this. You're nervous as blank every time you touch the basketball. Late in the fourth quarter, I'm like, oh, please just get the ball out of Fox's hands. Just 
I don't care if you double him. I don't care if you get Monk or Trey Lyles or Davion Mitchell or Harrison Barnes like in the last play of the game. I don't care if you give him an open shot. I do not want number five taking, taking the shot for Phoenix. And he was fantastic yesterday. Fantastic. So it just, for the entertainment factor of the series, it sucks that he's likely not going to step on the floor. Again, my gut feeling tells me he's going to play, but I don't think, I think we're going to get like 60, 70% of De'Aaron Fox. I mean, how is he going to be able to grip the ball? Uh, is How's the ball handling going to work? I mean, listen, he's got, he's got about 48 plus hours to kind of figure it out before tip-off in game five, which is on Wednesday, uh, which, by the way, I do believe my Warriors will win. I think that's, I said after game two, I said on my show after the Warriors lost game two, they'll take care of home court. I have no doubts about that. It's game five that I'm worried about. Because if you can steal game five, you win the series. You close them out in game six. And I, I said on the show today, pencil in the Warriors to win in game six because either they'll be in a position where they can get closed out and that's not going to happen on their home floor, especially as good as they've been at home this season, or they'll be in a position where they can close Sacramento out and the last thing the Warriors want is to have to go back to Golden 1 Center when they've been, again, as bad as they've been on the road this season. So again, the line I, I saw this morning, the line was Sacramento minus one and a half. It's now totally shifted in the other, other direction. It's Golden State minus four, so a five and a half point difference. And again, home team automatically gets three points. So they're essentially saying Golden State's like a seven to 10 point favorite if this were, you know, in Golden State, seven point favorite if it was neutral site. So everybody likes Vegas, likes Golden State. I think it's to be closer than it should be without De'Aaron Fox, or at least without all of De'Aaron Fox. I'm going to roll with my Warriors to win in a high scoring affair. 119-114. Steph gives you 35. Uh, the role play, Wiggins chips in. Draymond continues to shut down Sabonis. Uh, and you say, well, how, if, if Sabonis shut down and Fox isn't all the way there, maybe not even there at all, how do you figure Bryce is the 38 gets 114? What do we know? It's like I was talking about with Barry about the Lakers. Role players always play better at home. And when you consider how good Keegan Murray played yesterday, He's going to be even better at home. I think Keegan Murray's going to have a big game five. Malik Monk, who was terrible in Golden State, was awesome in the first two games, especially game one. Gave him 32 points uh, at home at the Golden One Center. Malik Monk will step up. So they'll get, they'll find a way. Trey Lyles will knock down shots. They'll get their offensive production. They, but I don't think they'll have the firepower to, firepower to keep up with the Splash Brothers. Clay, this was his best game of the series yesterday. That's why I'm repping his jersey today. Mr. Clay Thompson. And game six, Clay's coming, by the way. Warriors winning yesterday guarantees that there'll be a game six, regardless of who wins game five. And game six, Clay, oh, he's a coming. Better worry. Better worry if you're the Sacramento Kings. But game five, we know the winner, if it's a 2-2 series, the winner of game five goes on to win the series like 80-something percent of the time. So it's kind of like a game seven field. Now the Warriors have lost a game five in a 2-2 series. They did in 2018 against Houston. But what they do? Came back, one game six, one game seven. So... They can be done. The series isn't over if the Warriors lose, but I think the Golden State Warriors will take a three games to two lead. 119-114 over the Sacramento Kings. Barely cover that four-point spread. And then we'll close this thing out on Friday at the Chase Center in the Bay Area. And we will be very happy. Are the Warriors going to go in game five, Draymond? Hey, yeah. Is there going to be a game seven if we win game five? Nope. Thank you very much. All right, let's see. I think we got a comment here. Grady, who wins, Lakers or Memphis tonight? I've got the Lakers in a close one. Memphis played pretty well in the second half. 
at least once Brooks was ejected. Uh, I think it is a back-and-forth showdown. I do not think you get the 31-17 and 17 AD that we got on Saturday. Again, he's co- I, like I called him last week, he's coin flip Davis. He's amazing in game one, horrible in game two. He was amazing in game three. I don't think he'll be bad in game four, considering the fact that he's at home. But it's going to be an underwhelming performance from AD. Not a bad one like game two, but an underwhelming. So we're thinking like maybe 19, 20 points. Eight, nine rebounds, not a great shooting percentage. It's going to have to be, I, I, I'm calling it on the show. LeBron's going to be LeBron. I think Austin Reeves is going to play well. Tonight is going to be the Malik Beasley game. You heard it here first. Malik Beasley, excuse me, Malik Beasley's been bad the whole series. This is his opportunity to step up, and the Lakers will take a 3-1 lead back to Memphis. I think Memphis will win game five, and the Lakers will close them out in game six. I had Lakers in seven coming in. I'm thinking now more Lakers in six. If they lose tonight, though, Ooh, I'm still picking the Lakers, but that momentum totally shifts in that case. So we shall see. All right, that is all the time we have for today's show. Appreciate everybody stopping by as always. Be sure to catch Carving It Up Live on Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific time on Twitter, as well as the great YouTube channel and the Carving It Up YouTube channel. Be sure to like, share, comment, and take two seconds out of your day. Hit that big red subscribe button right there. Helps the channel grow exponentially. And be sure to go subscribe to The Grid Network. That is G-R-Y-D, The Grid Podcast Network. You saw the co-founder of The Grid today, Barry Grant Jr., did a phenomenal job as always. Great new show, by the way, All Even Podcast on Saturday. Check his stuff out. Also got Patrick Brown, who's in the comments. The Forum Podcast, great show recently uh, about the whole Dylan Brooks poking the bear thing. Loved it. Uh, check out the Forum and the Chaotic Sports Podcast. We've got Ryan Flowers, who's kicking butt right now with the Clutch Sports Talk Podcast. Did a great show yesterday. Uh, he's he's doing a ton of stuff on the draft. Uh, we've got Alfred Parsar Jr., the Metropolitan Report, and the Rocket Fuel Jets Podcast. I anticipate a Rocket Fuel episode coming soon with the new Aaron Rodgers news. The fact that, unfortunately... <laughs> For Barry's show, the Aaron watch is over. Uh, that's gonna be it's gonna be you know stinks that that's dumb, but hey, it was fun while it lasted. Uh, we also got Parnell for the Commanders Demand podcast. We may have Parnell on the show on Thursday. Looking to try and get him on. Uh, let's see, we got Parnell. We've got the Cowboys Fan guys who did a show recently. Ant, Alex, Adam do a fantastic job. Be uh, uh, up there in Canada. Big Cowboys fans. If you love the Cowboys, if you love football, if you love fun, and I'm just going to say, if you love cracking them, that's your show to go to. Crack if you got them, as the campaign guys would say. We've got amazing talent on the grid. Love every single one of those guys. And, every, and by the way, we've got some new members as well. So stay tuned for that. And all of these incredible, incredibly talented people will be on display Thursday, 7.30 Eastern, 4.30 Pacific time, the Grid 2023 Draft NFL draft, rather, live reaction show. I will be hosting, as Barry mentioned. Shouts to Ryan for this incredible graphic. Uh, and not just because it has my face on, because it has the, the prospects whose lives will be changed forever. So looking forward to it. 7.30 Eastern, 4.30 Pacific time. On the Grid YouTube channel, we may be on other platforms like Twitter, uh, uh, Facebook. We'll see. We're trying to get that worked out. But definitely, definitely looking forward to it. It's going to be a blast. All 31 first-round picks, and uh, it's going to be fun. So definitely be sure to uh, to tune in to my show at 6 Eastern, 3 Pacific on Thursday, and then more importantly, to the Grid 2023 NFL Draft live reaction show on Thursday at 7.30 Eastern, 4.30 Pacific 
on YouTube and on other platforms. We'll try and get that worked out. Have a great week, everybody. Please continue to stay safe out there. Please be sure to take care of your physical as well as your mental health. And be sure to call your local state representatives uh, and senators to demand change for gun violence. God bless you all. Peace out. Hope I have a better day than Tucker and Don. Thanks so much for watching the show on YouTube. Be sure to click that big red subscribe button and go check out the other clips and full shows of Carving It Up Live. Have a blessed day. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.